I want to welcome everybody to the world according to Ben Stein. And I want to remind everybody uh, when you're downloading this show to go to our Rumble channel and subscribe to it. And all you got to do is go to Ben Stein and hear what we talk about before the show. And uh, Carol has a book that's coming out. It's a secret. And she doesn't have a book coming out. And uh, we were, that was already on the air, Carol. Um, <laughs> no book, no secrets. Uh, sh- Carol's got nothing going on. I have nothing going on. Absolutely nothing going on. And I want to welcome the Rumblers, the Ranthers, and remind everybody, please subscribe to our email, benstein.substack.com. Uh, you'll find his uh, latest uh, columns, interesting tidbits, and all that jazz. So subscribe. And I want to thank everybody for all the downloads. And we are joined tonight. Tell us a little about yourself, Carol, because I'm away and I don't have my computer in front of you, but I know you're a best-selling author. And tell everybody about the name of the book. So uh, I'm a recovering investment banker. I'm an entrepreneur. I play myself on TV and I do tend to write a lot. I've written uh, two books so far, The Entrepreneur I want to back up a little bit and ask uh, how you become an entrepreneur and have it be a secret because usually a part of the work of the entrepreneur is to uh, make it public so that people will put money into it either as consumers or investors. Yes. So my, I don't think my entrepreneurism is that much of a secret. I just do so many different things that I think a lot of people don't uh, realize all of them, but I I have a couple of, of businesses that I run. One is in the collectible toy space. I work um, as a outsourced chief customer officer for Integrity Toys and do a lot of uh, work with them, including running their entire sort of marketing programming fan program. And we have a wonderful product um, also called Future File, which is a legacy planning system that helps you communicate your wishes and key information to your loved ones. So if you have a family emergency or if one of your family members ages or God forbid passes away, that they have a roadmap showing you what to do. So got a lot of things that uh, I got my my little, my sticky little hands in. There you go. I, 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 I must say, I admire your attitude if you start to age. Honey bunch, I hate to tell you, you're going to start to age. You don't, you don't, you don't look at, you don't look at it all. You don't look a day over twelve, but uh, but uh, you are going to start to age. My wife, the saintliest goddess on earth, the most beautiful, the most brilliant, the most kind, a thoroughly wonderful human being. Even she has aged, and uh, if she has aged, then anyone can age. And that's Mr. Blue Sky himself, Benjamin <laughs> Jeremy Stein. And of course, his show wouldn't be complete without Benjamin St- Benjamin Jeremy Stein, former speechwriter to three presidents, multiple multiple Emmy Award winner. Of course, he's an economist. He's a statistician. He's a mathematician. Uh, but most most importantly, he is a husband and a father. But second, most importantly. He is the doctor, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And if you knew what I did today, you'd be frightened. I took a pizza and I sliced up tomatoes and I put them on it, on them. God, I'm a chef. You're a chef? (laughs) Yes, I sliced up tomatoes and then I baked it in a very, very hot oven at my house in Malibu. And uh, God only knows what what terrifying, 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 terrifying things I went through the brain of those tomatoes as they <laughs> saw me approaching with my incredibly sharp knives. By the way, uh, John, I, from, wait, oh. 
Well, I have to know because I'm from Chicago, what kind of pizza? Because obviously there are all kinds of delicious pizzas. So we're talking like a thin crust, a wood fired, a deep dish. What kind of pizza are we talking about here? Uh, this, uh, I'm terribly sorry, but. Uh, it was frozen. Well, you know, no, 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 don't do that. That's <laughs> you who does it. No, it's, uh, it's just a regular, ordinary, thin crust, uh, round pizza, round with thin crust and the. Uh, I don't even know how they make it. I just know that they make it right before my eyes in a place called Spruzzo's Pizza. Uh, it's on, it's in a little, very, 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 very small shopping center right across from the Pacific Ocean. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they make it before my eyes. And I must tell you, it tastes so good. It's incredible. There you are, Carol. Even uh, a man and- of God. I was with a man of God. And even he took the Lord's name in vain <laughs> to express his excitement about this pizza. And on that note, welcome to the world of current events. Standing, John from Kenosha, Carol wants to know what's the name of you're the pro, the legacy program again. So it's called Future File, futurefile.com. And actually, not to make us all sad, but my dad created the prototype of this. And it's something my sister and I used when he was in an accident and ultimately passed away. And it saved us hundreds of hours and more than $10,000 and lots and lots of grief. So we took this gift that he gave to us. And this is sort of a mission-based business. And we created an actual product that you and your family can use. That's incredible. There you go, John from Kenosha. And as always, John, thanks for the emails you send. Uh, Ben and uh, Carol, I was traveling yesterday. And this is this is it was the as Ben knows, this was the travel day from hell. Uh, It was about 14 hours. Uh, They kept on and they wouldn't give the the reason Alaska they're they're fighting for gate space in Newark. Mm. And For what uh, kind of space? Gate space. Oh, gate and space. it's so tough that United, which is the hub in Newark, their hub is in Newark, is shutting down 12% of their fleet at Newark. And why and is that? Because they cannot get staff? I think it has to do with everything. Yeah, they can't get staff. They can't get... And, and so I'm sitting there, and I have the dog underneath, and I'm okay, and the people from Alaska couldn't be kinder. They let me take the dog out and walk him again. But there's one thing I realized, Ben, as I, and, and you have a different experience because you're Ben Stein, so people tend to be, and but you're, you're friendlier to people. I realized people are just more miserable. And in tonight, there was a song by R.E.M. called R.E.M. called Shiny Happy People. Now it's shiny, miserable people. Everybody's got these shiny things and they're so miserable. There was literally zero camaraderie, Ben. We were all together since eight in the morning, waiting on the same plane. We're all on the same that plane. A brilliant observation, Judah. Thank you very, thank you very much. And we're all sitting together. And I've learned from you to be night to be talkative more. And I'm like talking and nobody's nobody's responding. And you hear yourself sounding like a madman. And every and you think and then the, as we're about to take off, they announced there's an electrical problem. And I, I look at somebody in that that scene from Planes, Trains and Automobiles where John Candy looks at him and says, Two bucks in my left nut, we're not getting you know, <laughs> we're not landing. And the joke didn't land on the plane. And nobody been just misery. Well, I have to tell you, I mean, uh, I've told you for a long, long time, you should have your own plane, and uh, you didn't listen. <laughs> Thanks. That's all you got on that? 
because you're the one that uh, you notice in society. Well, no, I'm kidding. I don't have my own plane. Uh, I, but I, 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 I agree. People are not as affable as they used to be. Uh, this is a different world in terms of affability. But I will also say, as a person who is a super frequent traveler, uh, the, the behavior of people on the airplane is dramatically better than it was when I was a younger man. Uh, 20, say 20, 30, 40 years ago, <clears throat> people would be drunk on the airplanes and be quite surly to each other, quite surly to the stewardesses <clears throat> or the flight attendants, whatever you care to call them. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. That's very, very rare. And uh, when it does happen, it's cause for a grievance, for a genuine grievance. And uh, I think people do behave better. They're, they're not very talkative, but they do behave better. Uh, except for the people with the masks that have gotten into fights uh, with flight attendants, uh, it, forcing them to. There's been quite a few episodes recently of people getting evicted from the planes. But I, I, I wasn't around in your time to know, and neither was it, 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 at that time. I don't think Carol was either. But Carol, there's just this sentiment when you're walking, when you're walking around, when you're when you're at places that people just aren't happy there's this mood in the air and how could it you know during the pandemic people seemed happier as ben points out often there was less traffic much less traffic. many americans did have more money in their pockets the shelves were full i mean just to put yeah. it in perspective carol i was at target i wanted to get some right guard couldn't find right guard in the shelves in, tar in target yeah no, well I, okay i'm sorry i beg your pardon carol please yeah, no, I was just going to say, I feel like there is this um, collective malaise, if you will, um, using my fancy French word for not great feeling out there. And I do think that people had sort of this PTSD coming out of the pandemic, and they figured that when the lockdowns were over, things would be better. And they've been confronted with all of these issues that really have been the outgrowth of very bad government, in some cases, monetary policy. So they were excited to go back to the restaurants, but the restaurants were understaffed. And so they're paying more, but their service was worse. They're excited to get back and go travel. But like you said, we're having all these cancellations because they can't get enough staff. So they're ready and raring to go. Everything's more expensive. Everything's more challenging. They're dying to just like have an experience, but they can't get that same level of experience they had before, but they have to pay twice as much. And I think people really are at a breaking point and they don't have the coping skills to know how to move past that. Well, well, I, I, well said indeed, uh, if I may say so. Uh, I, I live uh, part of the week in Beverly Hills, part of the week in Malibu, part of the week out in the desert, part of the week in Washington, D.C., all over the place. I, I do observe people are less friendly and less affable than they were. But I also observe, if I may, what I think is something quite, I've never seen anything quite like it before. I can't find any good restaurants. It's incredible. All the restaurants that used to be so good, no matter how expensive they are, they don't taste very good. Now, well, they've had to cut back, Ben, on the quality yeah. of meat. Well, but but wait a minute, wait a minute, if you please, Mister. Yes. Wifey, the world's best person. My wife, a saint, a living, breathing saint, and I believe you will uh, agree with me about that, Judith. A living, breathing saint, an actual, actual superhuman being. Uh, she 
and I get incredibly good meals. Why? I cook them on myself. <laughs> I go to the grocery store, a very, very fine chain called Pavilions. I have no idea whether they have exist in the rest of the country. I think they must. They are not. under the label of Safeway. Okay. Well, they're the they're they're at a high, very high end of Safeway. But anyway, they they are fabulous, and they have very good meat. And uh, I have yet to get a p bad piece of meat, a piece of meat that has not been served right, has not been served excellent, and. I am making myself, my own self, and I slather it <laughs> with butter. I slather it with olive oil, mm -hmm. always extra virgin. Mm -hmm. And I put on seasoned salt. I look at it. And then I cut it into little pieces and I but give you, it to my wife. But you and were referring to going it. out. But you were referring to going out to restaurants. Doesn't and matter. This know, sounds delicious. I'm like, yeah, we're having yeah, a food you, porn you, moment here. You, sorry, with all due, right, with all due respect, Jimmy, you, you have failed to follow the thread. Of the new no, began, I, I'm following the thread, but the thread is, is cook your own meal. But the thread is that it is the problem is not that the quality of meat doesn't good quality doesn't meet it. Meat does not exist anymore. There's plenty of good quality meat. It's just that the people are cooking it are not cooking it with love or or they're my wife or they're instead sorry or they can't find people so it's a brand new person who's cooking it who hasn't have time to get to know and love the meat in the same way that ben has gotten to know and love meat. so right but again carol but to ben's point it's cheaper Listen, we go to we go to. Uh, it's cheaper to get wings at a at a, which let's say chicken wings, which have gone up like a hundred percent. People are getting the cheaper quality ones than the more expensive quality ones because it's just they can't afford it. That's plain and simple. And then a lot of these fancier restaurants, I would imagine some of them. You're right; it's a mix of both: lack of help and lack of. They're, they're probably cutting back on their finer on the finer cheeses and beefs. Do you know the song You've Lost That Loving Feeling and yeah, now it's gone, 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 gone. Okay. They've lost that loving feeling. That's the problem. I go, I used, right. to, I used to go to a Taco Bell at the corner of Las Virginas and the 101 and I didn't know a single soul there, but we were all friends and we got along great and I would go out there and I would watch the football game and it would be great. And I didn't know. Okay, fast forward many years. Now I'm eating at the McClub house uh, in Rancho Mirage, a, a fairly expensive club. Uh, there are plenty that are more expensive, plenty. But anyway, and the food is excellent quality, super good quality. The service is super good. But there is not that feeling of love in the room that there used to be. Why? I don't know. Well, but I think I, I, I think there's many reasons. And Carol, I think I, I think to Ben's point, he's actually there is something to the environment. Obviously, there's something as I brought up sitting on that plane. It's camaraderie when you're sitting on a plane and everybody's talking to each other and everybody's like, "Hey, where are you off to? Where are you headed?" Because 
I was thinking about planes, trains, and automobiles, and the whole other than the 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 the, the whole concept is how one little event triggers all these different sure. events, and all of the people on that plane must have had a story of what was going to be the eventuality of that day. Like for me, it was waiting at Newark for an hour for for a for an Uber at one in the morning because in New York. New Jersey drivers can't drive in New York and New York drivers can't drive in Jersey and I couldn't get an Uber, but nobody was talking. I mean, it, it would it just, what, what, I, would, yeah. yeah. I, th I think, I think that this has been intentional and there has been a lot of discord that has been sown between people. You know, there was this guise that we were all in this together, but the reality is that the government picked winners and losers. They decided some people were essential. Some people were not yeah. essential. They really pitted people against each other. And I think social media to some extent has exacerbated that. So there is this sort of discord and dis trust that's going on and you know people just in general i think um you know aren't as willing to engage in conversations because they don't know who you are they don't know if you're on their team if you've been through their experience and if you know where that's going to go so they're just going to shut down plus as i said i do think there are a lot of people with this like latent ptsd that are just kind of struggling to get through the day with all the things that have been thrown at them over the past couple of years and now contending with, you know, crazy gas prices, crazy inflation, their 401ks are going down, you know, they're, they're having like, they're not in the best sort of foundational mood. Like it's not like a really cheery time in the country. Where, where, where are you? My, my darling, where, what part of the country do you live in? Midwest. I'm right smack dab <laughs> on the Chicago river. Wait a minute. Oh, my name, it is nothing. My age, it means less. The country I come from is called the Midwest. Twas born and brought up there, the law to abide, and that the land that I live in had God on its side. Okay, how many of us know that song? No, but that's Amen. a very interesting song that that's you bring a Bob up. Dylan, that's a, that was when Bob Dylan was good. The reason it's interesting, though, that you bring that song, Ben, up is because there's a poll right now that it, the is, this is the lowest point in our country's history where people believe in God. Oof. That is really interesting. I mean, I mean, fewer people believe in God now than have ever believed in God in the past. That's exactly correct, sir. Well, let, let's go back to that, because if you think about that, that means people, less people are going to houses of worship and, you know, focusing in on creating that community and isolating themselves, which goes into what you were talking about in terms of them being sort of congenial as they move about the world. Well, I think this is a scary situation. And I, this goes back to, again, to something that I have been saying on this show for a long time. I think we should, should uh, all pay attention to it. I hope my wife is listening, watching this, and her uh, her assistant, her maid, her housekeeper, her boss, uh, her her whip hand, uh, Gemma. Her uh, I hope she's listening. To this people have to love each other a lot more, a hell of a lot more, a hell of a lot more. And they have to really get into loving each other more. You know, and I'm sorry. It's really important. But you raise such a great point, Ben, because I hang out with you and I see how you are with others, that becomes contagious. 
right? It, it's it's, so you're it's, very kind of it's no, no, no. It is, and I started talking to some guy at the airport yesterday because I had nothing else to do, and he had a fascinating story. He started living in Los Angeles as a location scout, and he ended up building this massive business where he became Mr. Location for all the filming in Los Angeles and a lot of the world. And we started talking, but Ben, there's, there's, there's not this contagion of this going on. There's, it, it should, used, be, should be, should be, it, it, should be. It, right, there should be a pandemic of like, we're all in this and, but, but it, I think a lot of this has to do with loss of God or a loss of a spirituality or a loss of a higher power. I and think that's I, true. because I'm sitting there going, this day is going to go how it's going to go. Everybody was more worried about me in my life than I was worried about myself. I just knew it would, I had faith that however this plane ride was going to end up, <laughs> it was going to end up. And Ben, I think so much of this country right now is if you don't have God or you don't have some sort of higher power, as I always say, it's just all chance. And when you live, Ben, I lost your voice. No, I, Ben, your voice, you're, you're, you've gone silent. <laughs> Carol, you could fill in until he gets his voice yeah, back. Yeah, so as he's getting his voice back, you know, I, I think there's something to that. And I think it's feeding into this, what I call ROE, return on ego, and sort of very me-focused generation. And if you think about, you know, things like TikTok and Instagram, that's not about creating community. That's about broadcasting. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And I think it all really does tie together when you don't have that moral code, when you don't have the community, when that's not at your foundation and you focus solely on, you know, here, here's who I am as a person. And um, it, you know, it, it really does sort of tear at the, the fabric of the nation. And at the end of the day, that's what makes a nation great, right? A hundred percent. One second, Ben, just pull out the white cord. It's fine. <laughs> there we go. Okay, perfect. Okay, okay. now let me say, Jude, I think you've said a mouthful. And uh, I think it's a really, really important thing. Thank you very much for trying to help me, Judah. I mean, Libby, I mean, Jeff. I'm very, very impressed that you're insight into this, Judah. And uh, yes, absolutely, we must turn to God. We have to turn to God and ask God to be our father. I mean, it, it, we don't have a father now. I, when I was a lad, we had Dwight Eisenhower. He was our father. For me, Richard Milhouse Nixon was a father. For me, Richard Milhouse Nixon was a father who saved Eretz Israel from destruction by the vicious, cruel Arabs. Not all Arabs. I, I, I know for a fact that there are some very wonderful Arabs. But uh, let's all turn to God. Uh, starting off point. Look, at, I look, I look, look around my house. I'm not going to be able to afford this house much longer. It's a very, 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 very much more expensive house than I can afford. But it's got my wife in it. It's got my wife in it. It's sacred because it has my wife in it. It's sacred. It's sacred. It's sacred. It's sacred. It's sacred. And that should be our feeling about America. It's sacred. It's sacred because it has God in it. God brought us here 
from all weird places all over the world and that nobody ever heard of. And we're happy now. Let's, let's let's show some gratitude well, we are God. because look we at, have a spirit we are because we have a spiritual compass but look at the way most of the people in the world live they're pathetic they're effing pathetic and we have god in our lives Carol, i just wanted to say something quickly to you because you're on social media so much uh, no, I'm just assuming because you, you've referred to social media. And you're young. You're and young. In, your pa- in your past, they've been so young. But 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 Carol, <laughs> even the left, they're trying to knock out, knock this thing out with the God thing. Every time you see a shooting or a tragedy, they're often saying, "Don't pray. Prayer is not what we need." It's a constant attack on on people saying i pray for those for the kids and their families right listen prayer without works is dead that's a 12-step line and you could still have prayer and and work on a solution at the same time carol yeah no i think it, it it's critically important and it really is about you know having that foundation and that moral compass and that if you don't have that you don't have that level of gratitude that Ben was talking about. And if you don't have that level of gratitude, you do take for granted everything that's happened. And then also, like you said, when something tragic happens, you don't have that level of compassion and empathy and processing. I mean, when, when something goes awry, you know, they want to sort of jump down everyone's throat and point fingers instead of just waiting to internalize it and showing that human compassionate side. And there just isn't a lot of humanity in these, you know, supposed communities that we're all interacting in. And I do think that ties back to the lack of the moral code and, and the lack of people, you know, having, you know, whatever God or higher power serves them. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Now, my wifey, who we refer to as big wifey, even though she's really quite slender, we refer to her as big wifey. She had a father who was a great hero in the armed force of the United States. She had a grandfather on her mother's side named Big Daddy. A Big Daddy was a, from a, he was a landowner from a, pretty damn rural part of America, but he had quite a bit of land. And uh, he would go out in his truck and with my wifey as a little child in the car, the truck, inspecting his properties. And he he was the rich, relatively rich, certainly not rich by Wall Street standards, white guy visiting these poor, heart-rendering, as my wife would say, uh, black people on their farms. And and he reached out to them. If they were in trouble, he would give them money. If they were in trouble with the law, he would call the judge, who was probably his friend, and he would help. Uh, where has that gone? Where has that gone? Where did baby, baby, where did our love go? Anyone hear that song? Yes. And all of our promises of a love forever new. Uh, anyway, uh, let's let's we've got to get love back in our lives. I have a shrink, uh, and he says it's all about love. It's all about love. I agree. And, and, I mean, I, see, I, no, but I, here's the problem: people uh, have confused people have confused love. Ben, that's the problem with subsidies. Love has been confused with subsidies. What? 
Okay. Well, I'm sorry. What does that mean? It means it means love. Love. People buy love now. Love is a commodity. Love is uh, love is a political position. Love. There. When you look at the homeless epidemic that we face, obviously in L.A., Ben, there's no love there. They're they're not treated with love. They are treated with whatever. But I sure as hell know it's not love by giving them free phones and urinals to pee in. Well, how do you know it's not love? Are you being serious? Yeah. I think, it's, I, I think it's pretty damn nice to give a person who's a lonely, heart-renderingly sad person uh, a portable urinal or a, a phone. I think that's incredibly kind and loving. I, I mean, think that's extremely misguided. I think getting them the mental health that they need, that they're sorely lacking. <laughs> oh, Judah, you're really quite funny. You're a funny fellow. I've known you for a while, but that's one of the best ones ever. You know very well that the idea that you can, in any measurable amount of time, you could guarantee people's mental health is a joke. So, but on the other hand, we also know that if you people have phones and they can call up other people and be less lonely, they feel better. We know that. But I, I think there's a deeper point, and, and maybe I'll use my super secret decoder ring to bridge because I think you're both uh -oh. coming from the same the same pl uh -oh. place. Uh -oh. Is that things like love and loyalty aren't transactional based? Like they're they're not transactional. They're they're deeper commitment, and it's not oh here's the person who's giving me the the best thing today that gets my love. It, it's a it's a deeper feeling and a deeper commitment. And I do think Ben, your point about we have lost that loving feeling. I mean the people who are well loved and who are well cared for tend to be, be the people who thrive. And if you look at the people who go through with challenges, not to say that there are, aren't outside influences, but a lot of times it's because of that lack of love in life. And I don't think that that discussion is brought up enough in the discourse, whether it's just, you know, relating to human beings, like Judah was saying, you know, in an airport or in tackling some of these deeper problems that we have as a country. And I can tell you one thing, it's not the government who's gonna love you, right? So I think we can all agree on that. And, and to that point, Ben, that's exactly what you're constantly talking about. In the inner cities, they're offering them love. That love being checks, subsidies, uh, obviously, uh, that, that's, that, that's the idea of love. And that love is transactional to votes. There's literally zero that's that that that's that's useful, as you've often said about Jesse Jackson. Get it, get a skill, get a profession, get all these different things. That's love. Yeah, but with all due respect, uh, it is incredibly horrifyingly miserable to be lonely, and if you can make people uh, less lonely, uh, allow them to be less lonely by giving them phones or any other way of communicating with those that they love, uh, you're doing a huge, huge favor and making their lives much, much happier lives. Now, back up. You were talking earlier about giving them mental health. Good luck. There are so many mentally sick people out there. It's heart-rendering, as my wife would say. But uh, something has to be done. There has to be some effort made at, at fixing this. Uh, but... Uh, the idea that it can be fixed by offering people love, that's a pretty tough gig. You're the one that said that, not me. I don't think you can. No, no, I, think, I think you can offer people love by 
doing things for them that are guaranteed to make them happier, like giving them phones, giving them food, giving them a place, a place to put their head down so they don't have to sleep on raw and concrete. Those things for sure will give happiness. They're not going to give them happiness, the kind of happiness that I have, but I lie in bed with my wife and watch Perry Mason. No, 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 nothing, 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 nothing can do that. But uh, there's plenty of things people can, can be given that will make them feel much better about themselves and about their lives. That's without, that's without question. But as we've discussed before on the show, as I've brought up, when you start calling the homeless a community, it becomes okay to to live that certain lifestyle. And I've said to you, Ben, they're happy. They, 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 they don't realize that they're living in a parallel universe where their world is extremely satisfied with that with that lifestyle. That's a problem. That's just my humble opinion. Uh, well, I think people are happier if they have more material things by and large. But certainly getting companionship is a material thing. Why is it that this little box here, this little box, this telephone, and I can can call friends from my childhood, like my friend Nolan Rappaport. I don't think he's going to be watching this, but he's, he's out there in, in suburban Washington and Maryland somewhere. And he's he's may remember that he and I were friends in junior high school when people were going around calling me a kike and he would help me to defend myself when little gangs of them would attack me. That's love. That's love. And, and I and nowadays, if you can give a friend a phone so he can call you when he's being attacked by a group of gangsters and terrorists, uh, although no matter what uh, live uh, brand they're being offered, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a wonderful gift. That's a fabulous super gift. That's a great, great, great gift. I, what is it with all due respect, Carol? So I think, you know, there are tools and there are tools that make people's lives better. And there's certainly a curve to that. And if, you know, you don't have anything, you're going to view that more, you know, in a different manner than if you have things. Um, but I see that again, as, as different, that, that's sort of the first step in to, you know, truly caring, you know, having you know, one person go out and you know, touch somebody and make a difference in their lives. And, you know, whether that's in the small ways or big ways, because they spent some time listening to them or put them on the right track or talk them out of a difficult situation, or even become, you know, a, a longer term mentor, you know, that sort of elevates it to the next level. Well said. And if you just tuned in, you are listening. Uh, wait, but it is. I'm sure it is very well said, but I'm not quite sure what it was she just said. So I'd just say that there are, there are different levels of ways to care about people and agreeing with you that, you know, there are, there are tools that you can give people at sort of that entry level, but then there's, you know, giving of yourself and giving you know some compassion that takes it up another level that I you can't agree get more. from agree different more. I couldn't agree more, but I'm really glad that you, Judah, in your mocking way, belittle the idea of giving people cell phones, but it occurs to me, that's actually an incredibly great way to improve people's mental health is to take them out of the box of loneliness and heartache that they're in 
without having any way to communicate with anybody I wasn't, in their I, but life I wasn't mo- I wasn't mocking at all Ben we it's not a matter of mockery it's just not a matter I don't think it's a matter of help uh I it, it, it it's encouraging the epidemic and this is a real pandemic epidemic that's going on in in in, in all across the country is the homeless crisis and- wait a second look you I it, it is a horrible horrible situation seems to be to see the homeless, to see them wandering around, it's heart rendering. But look, if they can take out of their pockets a little box like this, like that, that's all, and call up somebody maybe they went to elementary school with or, yeah, or somewhere. That's exactly who they're calling. And, but yeah. and that, and well, that's crazy. All right. They're talking to someone they went to elementary school yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. And, so you're making you're mocking because it's not the case that's not what they're doing i i I think i think judy you don't know what they're doing and i don't know what they're doing i I know that when i'm using the phone i'm usually calling an old friend yeah i I think the the macro point is that a lot of time back in the day we used to have charity take care of people and, and at the community level and there was that level of personal care and actual try to trying to find a solution to the problem. We have now outsourced that to government programs. We've abdicated our community responsibility. And a lot of the things that they do are band-aids. Do they make things slightly better? Yes, but they're a band-aid. They they fix the symptom. They don't actually get to the problem. Jesus Christ almighty, Carol, what 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 do you expect? I'm these are people who are deeply, deeply, deeply sick people. You but think it's, you're going to help not, them by, not, by giving them any the, amount of money? No, 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 but it's not just the, the homeless. It's it's everything in the cities, you know, in the in the urban areas. Like every, every sort of issue that used to be addressed with community and with charity and with more empathy, I think, has been kind of relegated to a, a government program. What could be more in the way, more powerful in the way of empathy than giving a person a phone so that he or she could uh, call someone whom he or she has not known for a long, long time or seen or talked to and, and reigniting a connection with that person. Well, that's, that, that to me is the nuclear bomb of, that's a push phrase, of, uh, of, of making, starting to build connections, starting to, to build ca- connections. To, to Carol's point, it seems like in your day, like the, the time you like to bring up, the homeless were brought into churches. Right. They were treated, they, 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 they were brought into different places where they were offered a meal and hope. Uh, it's something you don't, it, 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 there was love. That was a loving thing. This is simply, Listen, obviously we're going to disagree on this one, but we're just saying that the phone isn't the same as that hot meal in a community center. So it's a step in the right direction. Look, how many times have you been in your room or whatever it is, wherever you happen to find yourself and say, and, and you feel lonely and you suddenly think, Oh my God, there's my friend, Nolan Rappaport. And I, Nolan's been, I, the only reason I think of Nolan is he's been my friend since 1956. 
He's a very, 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 very smart lawyer. And uh, he, uh, and I can call him up and talk to him about things. And, uh, and, and I, I, he's, he's, he's companionship. He's a connection. Or if I'm really feeling really, really desperate, I can pick up a phone and call the greatest human being on the planet, Big Wifey. We can talk about Big Daddy, the biggest, of the, the greatest, in many ways, the greatest understander a greatest understander of the human heart that there's ever been. And I, I, I love the idea that you can do that with a phone, a phone, a phone, a phone, a phone is a lifeline. You know, it, as somebody brought up, and this is because you have the, you're, ment- you're, you're somewhat, you're mentally healthy. They're not. I'm and, mentally and, healthy. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a well, that's wild, what they said. I wasn't going to say anything because you'd say wild, I was wild, 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 wild overeater, a wild overspender. I, I'm an addict of old Perry Mason shows. I can't get enough of them. I just listen. I, 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 with my bleeding heart, think there's way more ways that they could help the homeless. How? Sadly, the ACLU won't allow it. How? How? And by building facilities, Ben. What kind of facility is as good as talking to an old friend? I I, I can't tell if you're being serious, Ben. I'm very serious. Getting people on medications that they sorely, that they, that, that they, that's a good idea too. But we're not allowed to do that, Ben. Getting people on bipolar. Wait a minute. Who's not allowing us to do that? The ACLU will not let you arrest the homeless. They will not let you in- institutionalize the homeless. They just won't. So you can't treat them for their bipolar or whatever mental or if they're schizophrenia or their alcoholism or whatever issues it is they're dealing with. You, you are not allowed to get to the cause and the root of the problem. So well, then, then we're going we, well, we, we will take it one step at a time and uh, we are going to do it one step at a time. We have it on the phone, but we'll uh, start encouraging them. We'll have counselors start encouraging them to call the girl they had a crush on in third grade in my case. Her name was Carol Ann. I love how you assume that the people that are living in these lives are calling their childhood friend because you called your childhood friend. I'll tell you what, the next time I see a homeless person on the street, I'm going to be serious with you. I'm going to be like, who are you calling? I'm curious. I do a show and I'm curious to see who you're calling. Let me me give you guys a resource. Great idea. Great idea. So a friend of mine, Mark Horvath, has a channel on YouTube called Invisible People, and he does a tremendous job in documenting. He's formerly homeless. He does a tremendous job in documenting the homeless, and he actually has all kinds of videos that talks to different people who have come to that situation from different places, because obviously you're not all people who are homeless have the same backgrounds or have mental issues or whatnot. But check out, watch some of the videos on Invisible People. It really is very eye-opening. I would love to do that. It's a great idea, Judah. When you get back from your trip, maybe you can show me how that works and we can do that. I'll do it, but Ben, the same way I I showed you the gas thing, just by anecdotal data, by me looking to see how much people were putting in their tanks. And I noticed that, Carol, a lot of people weren't filling up their gas tanks fully. And I will gladly walk around the street. It's not like I have to have a long walk in Los Angeles to talk to the homeless. 
Uh, it's literally a hop, skip, and a jump for me, and walking around the corner with my dog. And I'm curious. I'll be curious who you're talking to. And Ben, if I get killed, it's on you. Uh, but if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to Ben Stein. We're joined by Carol Roth and, of course, Ben Stein. I, I, ben, I think there's something we're all Jews on the panel tonight, but I think there's something that's really important to talk all about. Jews on the panel every night. Which, which, all Jews all day, all, all night. All, all Jews all the time. <laughs> but it's something really uh, you, you've discussed uh, this, uh, how things are contagious and anti-Semitism and Nazism that you have in the Congress has become contagious and you have 22 democratic senators today that wrote a letter to blinken demanding pretty much that he find out how this al jazeera reporter got killed implying it's israel that killed her and uh ben this is what we have in the senate right now and uh, listen regardless of how it, it's it's horrible that she died obviously you're reporting on a war I don't hear any other investigations of how people, reporters get killed, of how all of these things happen. But over there somehow, Ben, Israel, let's get to Israel. Let's find how this reporter got killed. It never ends. And when Blinken came out the other day and said, the, 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 the State Department will always be friends of Israel, anytime you have to preface something by we will always be friends, that's implying maybe not, Ben. Yeah, very much so. And uh, again, this is something I think you learn, something you learn from me, which is that what, whatever you say to somebody with all due respect, uh, your fine ideas, it's only uh, next comes a criticism. Yes. But, and without, without question, without question, uh, the Democrats are going to use this to stir up trouble and not really to, to do anything constructive. But, but I, I, again, I want to go back, if I may respectfully do this, and, I, and this really isn't that as a criticism, I think we've now touched on something quite important, which is uh, it is possible, possibly, that artificial intelligence could be used to help solve the problem of the mental illness of the homeless. And and, uh, it it, it seems this may be total idiocy on my part. I do many things that are quite idiotic. But uh, let's think about this. Is it possible that artificial intelligence could allow poor, wretched, homeless people to get some contact with uh, the rest of the world and uh, help those poor, wretched people uh, have uh, better uh, control over their lives than we uh, thought they did. I don't know what you're referring to. If you could be well, you are, I'm referring once again to the idea of using a phone, to giving out phones, having, having people call and make contact with people they went to elementary school with or junior high school with or high school with and have them not feel so miserably lonely if they have to get high. I, I think what he's referring to is something like a chat bot, you know, those AI bots where, you know, it replicates, you know, a human being and so that they, they have somebody that they're communicating with and, you know, it becomes that that person to lean on. I, I, I don't know that that really, you know, if you've got somebody that's got a chemical issue or chemical imbalance, that that, that does it for you. Um, I, but don't, sir, I, don't, I, I don't either, but I can't wait. I well, no, we know this. We know this specifically, Ben, because we've dealt with addiction issues and we know that community is is extremely helpful. There's no doubt about it, but the right sort of community and the community they're in is not progressive in getting help, Carol. 
And, uh, and, 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 and listen, here's the reality. Most people don't know their childhood friends' phone numbers. We all knew our childhood friends' phone numbers when we were children because you had a you had a it was their one phone nobody I has still them. remember them but they don't live there they don't anymore live there so anymore. I remember the I remember does, the numbers of my childhood friends the number probably doesn't exist yes. or or the phone company doesn't exist <laughs> and I love Ben's optimism of of the phone being the gateway to to the problem is is who's answering and there it's it, 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 as you've shared Carol during the during there's been everybody always claim says if you're struggling call somebody you know they always say that as the motto first of all hardest thing for people to do when they're struggling is call and yeah. secondly most people aren't listening yeah it is difficult for people in general especially if they're struggling to ask for help and some people have been in really bad situations and probably what led them to self-isolate to begin with um, and so, you know, that, that is really a, a big challenge. I've seen some really wonderful things happen, even on social media, people who've, you know, said that they felt suicidal and, and, you know, the community comes together to rally and, and to, to help them. And so I do think there is a level of being able to do something like that, but you're right. You have to be in a position where you have access to somebody that when you say, if you can say that I need help that they're willing to be there and that, you know, in a way they're, they're saying the thing in a way that resonates with you so that you actually listen to them. It's a challenge. Yeah, but Ben, I mean, exactly right. And Ben, I'm curious, I mean, is this the movies I saw it in or didn't, didn't priests really go on the road often and go from homeless shelter to homeless encampment or whatever it was and try to be of service and bring them closer to the Lord and, invite them for meals at the things i don't see priests it, it, around my in my community walking into the homeless community or the homeless whatever encampment well i don't know i don't see them either in my in my in my neighborhood people are not very friendly or nice uh at all and uh uh i uh, i don't i don't like them one bit something funny my doctor one of my two psychiatrists says I was telling him about how I saw a group of very orthodox looking Jews walking in the road. Apparently there's some something about Iranian Jews that induces them or encourages them to walk in the road instead of on the sidewalk. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe you do. I don't know what it is. I've shared with and, you it's because in many of those neighborhoods in Iran, they grew up without sidewalks. It's, okay, it, well, man, it, well, it, they're it, they're not they're not in those. I know you're now. not there anymore, but habits, ha, old habits, die hard. <laughs> old, old habits die hard. And okay, sadly, well, but, if you're not careful walking in the street, you might die hard. Yeah, yeah. When <laughs> I when with I, a vengeance. Uh, when I when I uh, with when I uh, told this to my shrink, he said, "Run him over and kill him." That's the level of anger that there is in this community and lack and isolation. And this is in Beverly Hills, California, a neighborhood where people should be very effing grateful for every breath they take. Uh, I, I yes, uh, I, I think we're missing a lot of compassion. I, I think we all have a different meaning of the word what compassion is. I think sometimes sometimes some forms of compassion can be extremely misguided. Uh, as we, you know, we were talking about the other day, what changed so much in the inner cities and what changed so much in certain communities. And it was paying for 
it was it, it was subsidies that, that have destroyed some communities getting their votes. Uh, I don't look at that as love, Ben. I look at that as whatever you want to call it. So, but yeah. on, the, on, on the topic of compassion, just to give people something actionable, you know, I would just encourage people and, you know, it sounds like you and Ben both do this, but, you know, you just never know who's like, if somebody comes to you, if you offer them a word that that, that word may be what changes their life. I remember I had a gentleman who was struggling, who emailed me through my website and he couldn't find a job. And I, you know, I wrote back to him and I didn't really say anything specific, but just the fact that I took the time, he was so happy. Somebody was willing to believe in him that he wrote me back a couple months later and he had turned his entire life around and he had found an amazing six figure job. And it was just that like, he just needed somebody to say like, yeah, I believe in you go get them. And just not enough people are getting that. And I think it just ties back to where you started this all Judah in terms of community and just you know, being empathetic and having compassion for people. But it also goes back to what Ben said. We need father figures. Yes. Uh, we the, 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 this country is sorely lacking that, 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 that father. Yeah. You bet. You bet. And that's why. You bet. And that is why, if I may say so, wifey and I have had some pretty goddamn great lives and largely because we had very good father figures. I had the best father in the world. Alex had a father who was a real authentic war hero fighting the Nazis hand to hand, fighting the Schutzstaffel hand to hand, fighting the communists hand to hand in Vietnam. Oh, I cannot tell you what a great man my father-in-law was. My own father went from a very modest background where his father was a worker uh, at Ford Motor, uh, I think, or engine electric, and went on to be an extremely successful person and was grateful for it every second. And that was passed on to me every second was all about gratitude. Your and, and my father didn't say to me, therefore you should be uh, working all the time to uh, to do something or other to make it back up to uh, your father or grandfather. No, he said your grandfather would have wanted you to enjoy life and to not have to work all the time the way he did. A father, a great father is everything. Look at these poor black kids in the ghetto. Jesus, their fathers, they don't even know who their fathers are. They don't even have a clue who their fathers are. They don't have one freaking clue who their fathers are. And we expect them to behave like normal human beings. Maybe that that is normal human beings in their community. Father figure, father figure, father figure. And that's Biden. Are you crazy? Are you absolutely crazy, Biden father figure? I don't think so. Did you see the uh, the his cheat sheet today? Uh, they, they, you know, he has this cheat sheet, Ben, and every president uses a cheat sheet. Carol, did you see this? Where no. it, it, it it was basically walk in the room. Oh no! Please in, don't. In, in, no, in, no, no, please walk don't. In, walk in this direction. Look over there. Oh no! Speak for two minutes. He spoke for eight, speak to so-and-so, shake hand, leave room. 
That was literally that. That was his cheat sheet. And did I get it. Did it, it say? Did it say cheats. what kind? What flavor pudding snack he got as a treat at the end? <laughs> was that included as the reward for doing no, this well? For him, it's fried chicken because his Ben knows the best fried chicken. Very, very good fried chicken on the Delmarva yeah. Peninsula. Yeah. <laughs> No, but Carol, that this is what we're left with, and this is why we have such a malaise. Is regardless of what people, as 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 bad as the orange man was, as bad as he was, as bad as he was. No, 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 no. I'm saying as Ben, not me. I'm saying as much as the people on the left said he was bad. To Ben's always point, when you have money, that still makes you happy. So you had bad orange man. (laughs) And 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 money and mean, and mean tweets and mean tweets. Don't forget and about the mean have, tweets. Now you have all these issues: seven dollar gas and inflation and all these things, and the cheat sheet in office. And you're and they're left- lying to you. I mean, that's the worst part about it is that like they're not even trying to to comfort you and and say we're fixing it. They're just trying to gaslight you and lie and say no, no, it's fantastic. Don't worry, bread lines are a great way to meet your neighbors. Like that, and, that's the kind of stuff that's coming out of the administration. And of course, it's Putin's fault. Of yeah, course. it's Putin's fault exactly. It, 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 we have inflation, high gas prices, high energy prices, all because lower lower stock market. Yeah. I mean, there's literally not one aspect of your life that is better today than it was back under Orange Man bad. Except that as Ben as and this is where like the thing that that Ben was talking about is really what you're Ben what you're referring to is personal responsibility in all forms of your life. This is a man. This is a Democrat party that doesn't believe in responsibility for anything. No, and I want to get back. Nothing, nothing. And, 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 and you, when you look at the, it's against the law to protest on the Supremes on the Supremes house. And That's today, that, and t- that, but of course, they're not arresting anybody. But today they arrested or they search warranted two more people with the January 6th thing within the past week. Two people from, you know, but uh, the justice system is obviously broken. Ben, Carol, I, I want to thank you for this lovely show. Instead of all you need is love, I'll call this show. All you need is a phone. Um, Sponsored by Apple. No, 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 no. Let it start with me. It could be called. How about you could do Call Me by Blondie? That's a good song. It is. Blondie was a great band. I want to thank all the rumblers, the ranters, and all the people that have been listening. I want to thank all the people that have been downloading. And always remember, we might have discourse, but we love each other no matter what, because as it's really as true as all you need is love. And I want to thank everybody. uh, Remind people, benstein.substack.com. Carol, please tell people where they could find you. Um, I'm usually on the Twitters at Carol J.S. Roth. You also have a pretty cool website. CarolRoth.com is a good website. It's it's old. It's actually in the process of being redone. So it will be a cool website. Like now it's like a website from like 2010. And my mother was, uh, I still think I look good. And and, uh, and it shows you the websites I'm going to. <laughs> and then my mother has the copy of you on the cover of Newsmax. It came in the mail. She, I have that too. I got yeah. that too. I was yeah. very excited to see your name. Yeah. yeah. Bless you. God so, bless you. God so was my you. mother. She saw it and she was really excited to show me the Newsmax. I didn't even know that, honestly, that uh, they were still, that anybody was in print anymore. But she was very excited. And you can find Ben Stein at Substack.com. 
You could also find him on at spectator.org. Carol Roth, thank you again. Ben Stein, will you please take us out? We are not afraid. We are not afraid. We are not afraid today. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe we are not afraid today. And may I say, today is wifey and my, you don't even believe it. it's a very, very large number, 60th wedding anniversary. My wife was the most beautiful bride you ever saw. A happy anniversary. An actual living, breathing incarnation of beauty itself. And of course, happy belated birthday to wifey. My wifey's birthday was day before, or yesterday, it was yesterday. Yeah. My wifey, the goddess of goddesses, beyond anything that anyone else can imagine. So are you wait? So is the anniversary celebration watching Perry Mason? Yes, it is. And eating, eating salmon, and and, eating salmon and surf and turf, and <laughs> exactly. that, that exactly. is always the choice du jour: surf or turf, or surf and turf. And I want to thank everybody again. We will see you Saturday night. God bless you. God bless America. And let's not forget: God bless the people in the Ukraine. Uh, we could, it, it seems like they've been forgotten. It really does. And you do not forget them here at the Stein household. It's, there's, it's still, it's, it's, and on that note, we will see you Saturday night. God bless you all.